Welcome, Open Drama UK company. This is your half-hour call. We are proud to present another monthly podcast of high-quality CPD conversations, features, Q&A and discussions related to drama and theatre education, produced by people in the know. Put your headphones on, grab a cuppa and get ready. Welcome to this month's Open Drama UK podcast, Half Hour Call. And this month we're joined by Christine and Isla from Ice and Fire. And this month we're going to talk about the work that they're currently producing and what will be coming to some schools around the UK in the not too distant future. Good morning, Christine. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm very well. The sun is shining here. I'm, I, live in, I live in Hackney in London and uh, yeah, right next to a river. And uh, I had a nice coffee. I'm feeling good. Great. <laughs> And Isla, are you in Hackney too? No, I'm up uh, a little further north. I'm in Edmonton, but similar sort of, I'm looking out on the garden and also enjoying the sun. So Christine, if I'm right in thinking from the kind of conversations that we've had on email, you permanently work with Ice and Fire, is that right? Yeah, so I'm the co-artistic director. Um, The company's been going since 2003, so a long time. (laughs) Um, And I joined in 2006 when I moved I moved here from Australia um, to study and then stayed on Um, and Ice and Fire is a um, human rights focused theatre company so every project that we've done has had um, human rights as a thread going through it and is the kind of forefront of of what we explore through theatre and um, and yeah and one of the projects we're doing is the one we're going to be talking about soon. (laughs) and you're working with Isla on that and Isla am I right in assuming or kind of reading between the lines that you're freelance and that you're supporting yeah yeah so I'm a um, writer I write for theatre but also for screen Um, but I'm also a sex educator so I've been going in and out of schools for I think it's eight years now um, talking to young people, uh, particularly my my two areas of expertise are talking to young people about pornography um, and then talking to young people also about consent. And then I also talk to parents um, and sometimes staff in those schools about those topics, about how to address those topics. Um, so actually, when we started working on this, Christine found me on Twitter. It was on Twitter, right? Is that right? Well, it was actually... Um, or was it on email? I think I read an article about you or something. It was some kind of blog. And I'd, I'd had this idea about uh, a play a play about sex and relationships education <laughs> because I'd been reading about how it be, had become statutory um, in recent years and, you know, schools were struggling to kind of figure out how to adapt to that. And, um, and I thought, what could we, what could we do? How could we do it? And then I read about Isla and, and Isla is, is, is a, a, an excellent playwright, but as well as that, she's also a, a sex relationships educator. So I thought, wow, she's the, she's the perfect person that's come, this has come right at the perfect time. And so I, I think I reached out through Twitter or something. And then um, we met and it was like, Oh yeah, this is it's it seemed to just kind of gel, didn't it? It seemed to be right up your street. And Isla was exactly the person I was looking for. So Which is always yeah. really nice to hear, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took us a while though <laughs> to to start getting get get going on the show because of the pandemic, I think, but also it just takes a while to make a show. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And um, what is the project? Maybe now would be a good time because people are thinking, gosh, what's this play about? What are they doing? Yeah, sure. Um, should I start, Isla? Sure. Is that okay? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, at Ice and Fire, we, we do lots of different um, kinds of productions, but we have an expertise with verbatim theatre. And um, for a long time, you know, for, for me personally, I just find to get to the heart of an issue, the best people to talk to are the people who are affected by that issue most directly. And, um, and that really gives me personally a, a, a huge understanding of, of what, you know, the, what you need to get to grips with to understand what that theme is. And so um, when it came to this idea, um, I thought, well, obviously we have to talk to young, young people and find out what they're thinking and what they're, what's on their mind and particularly I mean we we spoke to a few um we spoke to like 70 80 interviews or something like that we did over a period of um two years um and yeah and it's basically the way I describe it and you might have a different description Isla is um you know a show that's about all things sex and relationships in the life of teenagers and um you know that encompasses a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different experiences. And we wanted to make sure that we created something that spoke to as many young people as possible, you know, because we're going to get, we're going to be going all around the UK with this show. Um, and, you know, we don't, we don't want people to feel like they're, they're being left out or they're being marginalized in any way. So it's, it's, it's a big listening exercise that we engaged in, in order to try and achieve that. Yeah, I think that was one of the really key things for us was thinking about representation, because in making the decision, you know, in in the fact that it's going to be a verbatim show and that we have these amazing words from young people aged, I think 14 to 24 is the, the age bracket that we worked with. Um, and it, and that was one of the things I said when we had the very first meeting that, you know, Christine and I were really on the, on the same page with, which was how important it is to have yourself seen in a story that's about sex and relationships and that was one of the big challenges of it because obviously that's then you're looking at a very broad spectrum of identities of backgrounds sexuality also um, attitudes towards sex um we you know went into schools that were um some of them were faith schools some of them just happened to be majority muslim schools or whatever so we really had a broad uh, spectrum in terms of the young people we spoke to geographically types of schools um gender identity sexuality etc and that was really really important and has been really really interesting but even with all of that variety there's been a a trend of topics that have come up and so in focusing in on it one of the key aims that we had with this was what are the subjects that are difficult for teachers to talk to students about so what are the gaps that young people are saying come up a lot in sex education what are the things that um actually would be really useful to cover because obviously sex and relationships education is, is so broad and covers so many topics. So actually focusing in and having our guiding principle be, what are the things that are missing? What are the things that would be useful for us to bring into a school for students to hear in their own words or from the words of their peers that oftentimes teachers are like, oh God, I really don't want to talk about that. you know this element of you know the statutory sex education. Um, so that was, yeah, that was our guiding principle. Well, what are, I mean, I am a teacher, I'm a secondary school teacher. Um, 
what what are those things are you able to elaborate on that I don't want to give away too much obviously with within the construction of your work but what just probably out of my own interest and I'm imagining listeners are thinking the same thing what is it that you found teachers have found difficult to discuss or educate around within sex and relationships so there's a a combination of factors that we're looking at in that we're looking at what young people really want to have conversations about and trying to find also the ones like you're saying that teachers might find difficult to talk about so things like pornography was a really common one that's obviously a topic that I speak about in schools and I have so many teachers who speak to me and are like oh thank god you're here delivering this talk because I wouldn't want to do it or this is one I find really difficult or you know whatever um and then also I think positive uh conversations and quite practical discussions around sex and relationships are obviously quite difficult for uh teachers to have those conversations in a way that you know, how do you tread the line really appropriately? Also, how do you then look the student in the face, you know, in the corridor the next day or whatever? You know, there's lots of obviously factors that are much easier for me as a visiting speaker or easier for us as a show coming in with actors, delivering it and leaving that are then more difficult for um, teachers. So I think, yeah, the big, big things that we're looking at are things like masturbation, pornography, um, you know, positive sexual experiences, practical, positive discussions around sex. Um, discussions around LGBTQ plus identities and sex and things like that. So those are some of the key, that's not everything, but that's some of the key things that um, we've been focusing on. And presumably when you go into, presumably, I'm presuming, when you go to school and you, you have these conversations, is that through PSHE rather than through drama, you know, rather than a subject based? Yes, so I um, deliver talks usually as part of yeah the PSHE or Wellbeing or RSC or whatever you know the various titles are for those programs. But that's usually what I do um, is yeah either the porn talk or the consent talk, um, you know Q and A discussion as well as presenting um, you know information about the topics and things like that. Yeah, and we have gone into we've we've done a few sessions with drama classes using um, some of the material that we've been collecting. And um, kind of, you know, asking asking students to kind of improvise with that material or extend those scenes or you know those kinds of things. But just kind of, it's it's more about um, an introduction to verbatim theatre, really, in in those in those classes and how verbatim can be um, constructed and played with um, when when you're making a piece. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing to say is that it's it's a musical. <laughs> Um, which is which is quite unusual for verbatim material um, to be making to be making a musical. I mean, the one that everyone knows is London Road. Um, yeah. About to say, oh, like London Road, like London Road. But there's very few. I mean, there's not many others that that do it yeah. um, because it is, it, you know, it is restrictive verbatim material because you've got to use what the only you can only use what you've got from um, your research and interview process. So, um, so that that further restricts the racists and <laughs> like 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 Isla um, with with what they can um, actually include as lyrics. So, um, but it, I think it's worked really well. Um, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the initial idea to make it a musical, but um, as we started doing the interviews and um, collecting the material, it was sort of like there was so much um, overlap and so much repetition of like you know, as, as Isla was saying, there, there's like a real convergence around certain topics of like this, I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't know anything about this. All we got was, all we got was a condom on a banana, you know, um, that it felt like, oh, this, these things where everything converges. Oh, you got, 
for podcast listeners we just Holly, Holly just showed us a bunch of bananas <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, we just thought okay well this is an obvious song you know <laughs> to to um you know to, to see see if that works and so we did an R&D process around um you know that concept can can a verbatim musical about sex and relationships <laughs> work and um and it did it did, but you know that's testament to the amazing creatives we have. So, so Isla has has written the lyrics, but all but but uh, compose the composer is Guy Wolf, who who also is brilliant and um and really brought those those lyrics to life. Um, so then we took those we took about half an hour of material to a few schools during the R and D period to get some feedback and and thoughts from from the young people themselves. And it was overwhelmingly positive. The teachers were also very, very appreciative and kind of like, okay, this is exactly the kind right. of show I hoped you'd bring, you know, because it covers what what Isla was just saying, the stuff that's difficult to talk about, but in a way that's very relatable and, and fun. Um, and, you know, in the words of young people themselves, which is, you know, very different to the normal standard of sex ed, which is, you know, the authoritative adult coming in and saying, this is what's what children, <laughs> you know, um, any questions, you know, so, so it's, um, yeah, hopefully hope we, we're, we've, we've tested the material and now we're kind of making the, the big show, uh, which will be going on tour in November this year. Amazing. You've also just what you were saying there about the authoritative adult coming in and it's kind of it's always been or certainly my I've been teaching for 15 years um, and obviously I went to school myself. It's always been like they'll go with the facts, but we don't really yeah. deal with emotions. And mm. that's a really big part of sex and relationships, you know, the emotions that come with that. And they're all, you know, they're told these things, you know, like how to have, well, not how to have sex, but the science of, you know, how it works and how you get pregnant and what the cycle is. And you, you kind of only ever really delve into the, the factual and the biological aspects of it. And I think that's probably why we've moved so far forward with a lot of aspects in society about how we talk about feelings and things. And, you know, it's okay to not be okay and all these other sorts of campaigns. But it's just, I'm just thinking about this now while you've been talking. I was like, actually those aspects, the bigger emotional aspects of it are often o overlooked and you know using people's real words in a, in a verbatim way is is all about emotions and how people have felt and you can't you can't get away from that because the, the source material are, are people's feelings and thoughts so I can imagine it's really quite powerful to to watch um amazing so you're going on top of November yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, rehearsals are in October and then we're going, doing a week in the southeast, um, week in the Midlands, week in the northwest and a week in London. So, um, yeah, any 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 teachers out there who are in the Midlands, we're, we're struggling a bit in the Midlands, so please, please get in touch. Um, and it may be that, you know, it's just hard to commit at this stage because it's next year's timetable and you don't know what it is. Um, but but do do get in touch and we can be we can be flexible um, with with your needs come next year. Um, and yeah, the Northwest, we've got we've got a couple booked in, but we're still sort of we're kind of um, concentrating on the Cumbria type air, kind of area. So if there's any anyone out there, do do let us know. We're uh, we're open. We'll I'll, I'll give you the, the details, Holly, later. Yeah, I'll put it on the Yeah, great. great. We've got champions in those areas as well. We've got a, a good champion in Cumbria and getting those sort of feelers out to local areas. 
Um, right. have you have you had funding for the project or is are the schools having to fund you coming or do you want to talk a little bit about kind of how you yeah sure yeah we got funding um from the arts council and a couple of you know trusts and foundations that kind of thing all state funded schools would we were offering it for free um I mean we we had conversations with with various teachers about this and they were like I'm you know even 300 quid we couldn't offer because it's you know the the um the budgets that they have are so low so um so we just made that unilateral decision and just said look we're just not going to charge state funded schools um but private schools we we charge uh 750 pounds um plus travel for that um but we're mostly we're mostly going to state funded schools um and so uh that was part of the arts council budget was including that the cost of all of that <clears throat> um and uh yeah is that that's kind of that's it really isn't it it's free well, also I guess the only thing to to add to that is the show is going to be uh, between 60 and 70 minutes but then we'll also have a, a kind of workshop session that we're developing afterwards to um engage with the students uh, on the themes that have been brought up so um it's kind of both the show itself and then also a session kind of follow-up which we're um developing with split banana is that that's right isn't it yeah yeah so do you know sex education um organization um so worth checking out their website as well they're really really brilliant so we have been involved with them since the very early stages of this and kind of having them consulting on it and giving us advice from their experience as well um and they have seen the r&d material and given us more thoughts so we'll be developing a, a kind of follow-up workshop um that we can adapt to different schools needs um that will also be included with uh with the show as well yeah. what a what a brilliant name for an organization associated banana. with your flip banana <laughs> yeah definitely and yeah any teachers out there looking for resources they've got amazing resources so do do get onto their onto their website um and have a look um you but what you was what you were saying before holly about um the kind of emotional aspect of this and the you know um the different perspectives you know we yeah I, I've been blown away by the breadth of um you know just experience and thought around this that young people have been generous enough to share with us you know it's it's been um a huge learning experience for me you know um I thought I knew I thought I knew kind of like what was going on out there but I really did not, you know, and for, as you know, I, I'm someone, I, I think we all are, who didn't, didn't go to school, or maybe you did, Isla, who didn't go to school with like the internet and smartphones and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a totally different, different um, mindset, isn't it, once you've got we, access to those technologies. Um, we went to school um, and I began teaching with Section 28 in place. Oh, yeah. You know that kind of that's a huge shift and I've just recently done a production with my A-level students of uh, a reimagining re and reinterpretation of Shirley Valentine which I presume you both know yeah start to discuss kind of there's a line within the play where um Shirley's friend has gone home and found her husband with the milkman and it's very much brushed over in the text and you know the audience the subtext of course they appreciate that her husband's obviously homosexual mm -hmm. um 
And then I started to discuss that with, with my students. And in as part of that conversation, I gave a bit of historical context. And I talked about the fact that, you know, in 1988, this had all these things come into play. And actually the whole time I was at school, and I didn't even know it at the time. It's only now when I look back and reflect that Section 28 was in, you know, and it just wasn't, this was a whole thing that just was not talked about, you know, the promoting of homosexuality. I was like, mm. my A-level students now in 2023, they were like, what? Yeah. You didn't? talk about it it's like no we didn't talk about it we didn't learn about it you know that's a huge um I mean it, it just feels alien to even mention it doesn't it yeah yeah but you know you'd be surprised I was really shocked to hear that quite a few you know probably about 20 percent of the young people I spoke to they weren't it wasn't mentioned at all in their schools you know and this is today you know it's, it's not back then um it was all it, they all they got taught and this is I guess was before it became statutory but even now it's statutory it's still taking a while to bed in you know it was men and women biological you know like reproduction and preventing pregnancy that was about it the fact is all they learned and um you know quite a lot a lot of young people who who now identify as queer found it very difficult at school to talk about it and very, were very ashamed and stigmatised and, you know, in family environments found it hard as well. So it's not as if, I know what you're saying, that we have, you know, it's a very different context now, but, but mm. for some people in some places, it's still very much, um, a, you know, a hot, a hot burning, burning mm. issue that, that hasn't really been, been dealt with in any, in any sort of meaningful way. And I think that's sort of the blessing and the curse of the internet is the internet is the is the potential access for all this information. And there's so many brilliant, um, you know, social media accounts that are brilliant sex education resources that are appropriate for age 14 plus, like off the, off the top of my head, things like um, Bish, B-I-S-H, um, Fumble. You know, there's so many things out there that are um, age appropriate teen resources, but then there's also the broad scope of the Internet where there's so much rubbish out there. And it's kind of giving young people the tools to navigate that. And I think hearing, you know, from this show, hearing the information that there's a real hunger for. And that's, this came through in the feedback as well, because the stuff that we shared with now got the feedback from the students about more things that they'd want to hear and a lot of things came up about what are the signs of like a toxic relationship you know it's all this relational stuff that, that exactly that you were talking about Holly and saying you know how do how do we know that this is positive or this is negative and also looking at you know romance what does romance actually look like we have a whole section that's talking about positive romantic experiences and sexual experiences and I think it's so important to give young people positive um hopes for their you know future sex and relationships and not just making it something that is like you're saying you know maybe just facts or maybe even like slightly fear-mongering you know there's that the joke scene in Mean Girls which I think actually a lot of people can relate to in in terms of sex education of going you know don't have sex because if you do you will get pregnant and die you know that kind of attitude about sex education actually shifting it to like a sex positive um age appropriate but sex positive you know um conversation I think actually arms young people so much better you know they should have positive uh expectations otherwise they are going to rush into things they are going to put up with treatment that they shouldn't put up with and actually giving them those that kind of resilience of like oh no actually I can have romance I can have positive sexual experiences and not only can I but I should and here's how I navigate that and that's one of the kind of 
things that we're looking at in the in the show um as well yeah that came up a lot about how sorry to interrupt you um how um it's yeah the fear-mongering is is mostly what that what what young people got from their sex ed if they got it at all and um the the message that you know sex and relationships are supposed to be positive and pleasant and a good part of your life you know something that is you know enriches your life um it was never really imparted you know and um and while while we yeah obviously want to want to promote that kind of message um there are also you know there are aspects of um making sure that you can recognize when when you know there is potential abuse or exploitation happening or you know things recognizing what what is what is right and what is not right for you um and for for young people it's very hard to it's very hard to recognize that sometimes when you're just not given the grounding um and these these topics are so taboo yeah sorry what were you going to ask Oh, I was just thinking about when I first started teaching and like my age, like lots of people, I suppose, when they start teaching, you're sort of 21, 22 and the age gap that you have from yourself to your upper sixth, you know, there's four year age gap and they're, they're still 17, 18, whereas I'm now 36. <laughs> so I'm now twice their age and I've obviously got married, had my children and I'm on a different page and the world they live in is very different. But yet I feel like I can, I feel like I can still talk to them like I did when I was 22. And I, and often sometimes I think to myself, oh, but I'm not just four years older than them anymore. I'm twice their age. And I don't even, I, I'm in a different world. But yet I would say I have quite a good relationship with students. And very often, I guess part of that is being a drama teacher. And because we have conversations like doing Shirley Valentine, natural conversations within the class will come out where they will say certain things. Um, it, it was, um, yeah, I'm just talking really off the top of my head because I'm thinking about the things you're saying and I'm thinking about people listening and them being drama teachers and thinking about the relationships they have with, with young people and how what you were mentioning, Isla, about having that, still having to have that professional boundary because, you know, you, ca- you can't, you know, I can't sit there and, and talk to my 18-year-olds about their sex lives because although that feels very strange on a human level to do that, I, I have to have that boundary because, you know, there might be three weeks later that they miss a deadline and I have to, you know, I have to discipline them or deal with something. And it's hard to do that when you've had a conversation that's not what you would traditionally have and what you, what I had as a, as a teenager. And I, you've just got to be so careful kind of where you position yourself. And I, I guess what you're saying about when you go into school, it's, it's different for you because you have that distance. Um, but then balancing the fact that, you know, I have a relationship with them you know, they, they associate, they see me all the time so often. And I'm sure this is the same for drama teachers up and down the country. Children will offload or release information to you because you are an adult and you're a constant and they have a slightly different relationship, but then it's all about kind of, Oh, okay, well, how much, how much of that do I take on? How much of that do I have to think about forms and safeguarding? And, Mm -hmm. and then it just becomes, it feels less, kind of natural and organic it becomes clinical again and it's like right where's my boundary what can I take from this what do I have to refer to someone else and then it it just feels like it's it's not as kind of human a process I guess is what I'm saying yeah Yeah. I mean sounds like yeah you know when you when in your role it's a tricky one isn't it um because you have 
the expectations of the institution and the expectations of your job description and all of that and um and yeah and I guess for us it's more about how do we get these conversations going and and helping helping teachers on that on that journey as well because so we'll we'll be able to do this show to a selection of schools but we are also going to be creating um resources from from the material we've we've collected that that might be helpful for teachers as well to to kind of um navigate these conversations um with young people but we have found yeah we, in, in the workshops and the conversations we've had um that young people really appreciate the space to discuss you know um and just kind of download their thoughts about this rather than being taught in a very formal way um I don't know what you think Isla about that Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say when we were doing some of the workshops, um, some of which were very much tailored as as drama workshops, uh, as Christine said, using the verbatim material, others of which were more kind of PSHE discussions. And this was something that I recommended that we do before we interview the young people to build a bit of a rapport for them to get a sense of one, us kind of giving them something in return as well, but also them getting used to us, them seeing that we are, you know, very chill, very sex positive, and then therefore they can kind of talk to us and build that kind of rapport a bit before we sit them down and go, hey, so what, what's your experience of sex and relationships or whatever? Um, and what I found really amazing and really moving was, um, I'm particularly thinking of one situation we went in, which I believe they were year 10 drama students, um, and we were using the verbatim material with them, and they were, they were doing different scenes that were from other interviews, obviously anonymized, um, from from previous young people that we'd spoken to, um, and there was one young person who um, really opened up about their sexuality in front of the whole class um, and got quite emotional and was able to feel released to do that because of the kind of content that was in one of the, you know one of the accounts that they were reading, and that was really powerful because it was again that experience of recognition of um, be, of being shown yourself and therefore being able to express yourself because you have seen your representation you know that's the the you know the old feminist slogan isn't it you, you've got to see it to be it and I think that's really true in sex education as well which is why it's so important to show people examples of how to navigate consent in a good way but also here are the signs to look for that are non-consensual so that you you know here are the signs of a good relationship here are the signs of a toxic relationship so that they can then reflect that back to themselves and go okay you know as well as different identity things as well as you know different you know some people watching it and going oh I have I have no interest in sex or I you know have a faith background so I I am you know gonna be abstinent or whatever you know we have these little moments that hopefully means that as broadly as possible any young person watching the show will see a bit of themselves in it and therefore feel hopefully more empowered to express that to their peers to a trusted adult to you know a member of staff whoever it might be that's kind of the hope that it sort of opens up and we have seen that happen already so far with kind of the journey of the show which has been really amazing to like witness and be a part of really moving really uh you know that's what you want to do as a theatre maker I think also what you want to what, what I want to do as a sex educator as someone to be working with young people for a long time you know you want that you want to empower them and and arm them and you know all that, all make, that them jazz. Feel, make them feel less alone and yeah. less weird about about all of the stuff that's going on in their lives um but yeah the other thing that was an eye-opener for me was talking to young straight men 
um, about their experience of um, feeling really pressured to have sex and, you know, kind of being pushed into it because of all of that what have you done? You know, when are you going to do it? Type of type of stuff that happens, and you don't you don't kind of hear that perspective very often. And the you know, I remember one young man telling me that when he was fifteen, he was at one of these parties, you know, and um, he had sex for the first time, and he really didn't want to, um, but he had never had any representation in his life of a man or a boy saying no to that situation. Um, and that was kind of, yeah, I thought that was quite revealing. And, um, you know, and then in, in further interviews, I brought that up with other other young men and, and they all sort of, not all, but many of them agreed, oh, yeah, yeah, you just do it to get it out of the way because, you know, you're always getting that pressure. Um, so I think, I think we have, there's a lot of focus for good reason on young women um, and consent, but there is, there is this aspect that, that doesn't come up very often that did come up in the interviews. Um, quite quite a bit once once it was raised um so so that's that's you know so there's all sorts of little pathways that we go down and as Isla was saying as well some young people are just like I, I couldn't care less about all this you know this is not my head's not there I'm just focusing on my A-levels thanks you know <laughs> and you know maybe in the future I'll start thinking about that because I think there's a tendency when you when you talk about young people and sex and relationships to talk just about activity you know what are they getting up to what are they doing um whereas you know there are quite a lot of young people who are just like look you know I've got I've got bigger fish fish to fry and you know or I'm just not that into it and it doesn't interest me very much you know I'm not that kind you know it's just not my thing um and we we need to kind of yeah as we were saying, kind of give give space for as many many of those kinds of voices to be heard as well um, in the show. But it is only sixty to seventy minutes, so <laughs> we're not going to cover everything, unfortunately. But hopefully, in the discussion afterwards, we'll we'll also be able to give space for for any other any other thoughts that come up from that. Yeah, really uh, important, well, isn't it? Because there'll be things that they see or hear in that sixty to seventy minutes that they may well want to talk about afterwards and and offload you know there'll be things that they might not have even thought about and then they see it and it's like you know processing yeah. discussing that yeah definitely um so yeah have- so Isla's in the middle of, of, of putting it all together at the moment how's it going Isla <laughs> going really well I also realized at no point have we said what the title of the show is I just said <laughs> the name yeah um, fortunately it's, it's the sex ed musical. So it's, it's not, you know, we've been talking about, you know, it's sex ed, it's a musical. We thought let's just be nice and straightforward. And it's, yeah, it's called the sex ed musical. Um, because that's what it is. And I think, you know, the whole, the whole thing is being open and transparent about these topics, but yeah, it's going really well. I mean, I've uh, written all the lyrics, um, I'm working with Guy Wolf, the composer on the songs. I've pretty much written all the scenes, I think. Um, you know, the really interesting thing in working with the beta material for lyrics is thinking about, you know, as trying to be as faithful as possible. I mean, the whole exercise is trying to be as faithful as possible to the voices of young people. And I guess um, our approach is distinct to Aleki Blythe because Aleki Blythe is also very much about um, uh, what, what's I was going to say received pronunciation. That's not what it is. What's the um, uh, process where she, basically she's. You, Recorded, recorded delivery, delivery exactly. yeah yeah recorded delivery so we're not doing that it's not delivered exactly the way you know in the intonation and the the pacing Thumbs of young in the arts. yeah but we're keeping as much as 
possible of you know the language and the way that it's spoken and and things like that just not the exact delivery so London Road obviously the music is based on also that intonation and that recorded delivery kind of and made into a musical score whereas what we're doing is a lot more songs like actually quite kind of um hopefully memorable catchy fun songs and we've got a real range um we've just written like a really fun um sweet sort of indie kind of love song um that will be really fun we've got some kind of more comedy numbers we've got um a real kind of variety of different music um but it's fun it's coming together um and it's really exciting um and a fun challenge is my first time working uh in verbatim um so that's been really really interesting as well Sounds brilliant. Um, I would look forward to look. I would look forward to watching it as, as an adult. So let alone how the kids were going to feel about it. It sounds incredible. Um, yeah, so yeah. We're hoping to do some public shows as well um, so that adults can come to. And um, I mean, and the, and the plan is next year do a do a theatre tour, um, a national theatre tour. But um, yeah, we wanted to make sure that we test it with with the target audience first and make sure it kind of lands for them as much as, you know, as much as it can and then build on that. Um, but but yeah, um, parents, parents across the UK, um, you know, they're also going to be a target audience going forward because they find it difficult to talk about this stuff. Half the time they don't know what what's happening and they're their children find it difficult to talk to them about it you know so this may be a, a good catalyst for those discussions absolutely we've said the age the sort of target age is year 10 and 11 is that right christine yeah yeah, yeah. brilliant oh well i wish you the best of luck with the tour and with everything that's going to happen and the resources and i hope you get amazing feedback which i'm sure you will um so just remind us just before we we finish the title of the play when it goes out on tour and the areas you're going to so the title is the sex ed musical does what it says on the tin um the uh the tour is in November this year and we go to the southeast that's fully booked now so sorry southeast but next year we'll come back to you um midlands which is the, the week of the 6th of november uh northwest sort of cumbria area which is the week of the november the 13th and then london which is the last week 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 of november 20th so um if you're in any of those last three areas and you you said you, you you're interested and you want us to come to you let us let us know um and yeah the info will be i guess in the show notes it certainly will thank you thank you both so much for your time today about it and just covering so many different aspects not just talking about the fact that you're touring a show it's been really fascinating conversation so I'm grateful to both of you you're our last episode of the academic year very exciting oh yeah that's right it's all it's all about to be summer madness now isn't it it sure (laughs) is If you've enjoyed this month's episode as much as we hope you would, and you're in a position to do so, please support our podcast via Buy Me A Coffee. Go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash half hour call to donate.